Hello, boys and girls. Hey, what's going on? Another episode of Eat Sleep Podcast and Repeat. I am Dave Taylor. Sean Hood, honor the weather. But I'm not buying it. I think he is so upset how Super Showdown went down that he said, you know what the heck with this episode? He doesn't want to talk about it. But I do have some of his thoughts, by the way. Uh, Dave Taylor here. It is uh, another episode of Eat Sleep Podcast and Repeat. Episode 136, by the way. A lot to cover in this particular episode. We, we have an interview with a UFC fighter, Luis Diaz, uh, coming up as he'll be at a UFC Fight Night in Norfolk on Saturday night, February 29th. Uh, we also, AEW has their big event, April 20, February 29th as well. So we'll have some predictions for that. And your thoughts on Super Showdown. Oh my gosh. Holy smokes. Uh, it's great that they're pushing um, you know, the young stars of uh, Goldberg and The Undertaker. And uh, you know, I'm surprised like Triple H uh, didn't show up in that. Um, oh, and Brock Lesnar as well, having a, another uh, big night. Um, poor Ricochet. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll run through the card of, um, of Super Showdown because, oh my gosh. Um, what the heck was that? Now, not that, um, to be honest with you, because usually Sean and I do these shows, we don't really do the preview shows for the Super Showdown because they're not shows that we look forward to. And a couple of weeks ago, um, when they announced that Bill Goldberg was going to fight Bray Wyatt, I thought, well, this is great because uh, Goldberg's going to, like, pass the torch. This would put the fiend, Bray Wyatt's character, extremely over. I thought, man, this is going to be great. This is, what, what a great moment for The Fiend. Uh, not the case. And we'll get into that uh, in just a moment. My thoughts on it and why they're doing it. And uh, you probably won't like it. Uh, I get it. Not a fan of the idea, but I, I understand why they're doing it. But, you know, but if you want to get new talent over, you know, stuff, stuff you got to... Uh, you know, you got to get new talent over because otherwise you go back to the well. And here we are. We're uh, back to the well again. But uh, we'll get in that uh, in just a moment. We'll uh, start with uh, the beginning of the card, the uh, pre-show, um, which the Viking Raiders losing clean to the OC. It's nice to get Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson getting victories and stuff. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's like a double-edged sword because you want them to win, but you want the Viking Raiders to look good. And... Uh, Viking Raiders lost uh, clean. Considering everything else is going on between these two teams, uh, the OC gets a win, which maybe puts him in line for a tag team title shot, maybe? I don't know. Uh, then you had the gauntlet for the uh, Tuweg Trophy, which uh, which I'll, I'll give our truth probably the wrestler of the night, working hard. And, um, you know, it's nice that uh, he's kind of sort of, I mean, he's still in the comedic role, but still doing the thing. But, uh, you know, poor Bobby Lashley. Uh, this the execution wasn't great between that and uh, Andrade, who came back, and then uh, Eric Rowan. I, it just seemed something was off in that match, and uh, and also the uh, the other thing that seemed to be off was the crowd mics. Uh, you could they, they popped for the Undertaker, which get that in a second, but um, it, it just it, it was almost like as soon as that match started, like they were bored already, and it didn't help. It did not come across good. On, on on camera, which uh, just you know, when you're watching that, it, j- it just seemed like the crowd was was dull. But but maybe maybe they were lively, but you just couldn't tell, except for like when big moments happened. But uh, but our truth gets through. Uh, Lashley, Andrade, 
and, and Eric Rowe and, and then AJ Styles come out, which I thought AJ was hurt. So this is why AJ didn't do a lot. And a lot of people were complaining, oh, Undertaker just put him away. Well, AJ can't go. I mean, he didn't really get involved much. He, uh, you know, kicked our truth around and then uh, submitted our truth. And then instead of Rey Mysterio coming out, you know, which I guess this sets up a Rey Mysterio AJ Styles feud, I'm assuming. Uh, we get The Undertaker making a surprise appearance in Saudi Arabia. And then a taker easily defeats AJ Styles, who is not at 100%, but but still going at it, which, um, you know, this shows you what kind of guy he is. I, hopefully, though, whatever he has, the him still wrestling is not going to hurt him in the long run. Hopefully that. Uh, the next match, um, which, by the way, very surprising to me that The Miz and uh, John Morrison were very over in Saudi Arabia, but they're the new uh, SmackDown Tag Team Champions defeating the New Day, Biggie and Kofi Kingston. And uh, it's good for The Miz. Uh, you know, he's re-energized again with John Morrison as his uh, tag team partner. And it was a decent match. It was, um, yeah, they've had better matches. But it was okay. Uh, our next match, unfortunately, was like a letdown. It was Angel Garza and Alberto Carrillo. Uh, they had a great match in Raw. And it wasn't a bad match, but it wasn't one that um, where I was, say, I was happy for the guys getting featured because I think uh, Garza has been great since his call-up, if you will. But uh, And Carrillo's pretty solid. But uh, for whatever reason, it was good, but it wasn't great. Uh, a next match that didn't seem to click. I've seen mixed uh, thoughts in this one. Seth Rollins and Murphy, because we lost a buddy, uh, defeated the Street Profits for the Raw Tag Team Championship. So uh, Seth Rollins and Murphy retain. It was an all right match, but like watching this, it just, just felt like you're watching Monday Night Raw at times. Uh, Monsoor wrestled again a high-profile match against Dolph Ziggler uh, this time and uh, a couple of big moves from uh, Monsoor. At the end, and uh, you know, it, it's a nice highlight when you when you get the super showdowns for him, and he's he's getting better and stuff. Uh, was it was maybe I think the match with uh, Cesaro was better for Mansoor. I mean, Dolph usually delivers, so just uh, not uh, didn't quite click here as well. So then we start getting to the bigger matches, and uh, poor Ricochet, uh, he gets defeated in about ninety seconds by Brock Lesnar. So he he tries one move, gets denied. It was like three back suplexes, four back suplexes, German suplexes, and then uh, an F5, and and that's it. You know, I, I, I get it. Yeah. Okay, I was, I was happy that Ricochet was getting the title match. I mean, you know he had no chance of winning because they've already pretty much set up Drew McIntyre. But it was nice. You know, this may be the only time he gets a title match. I, I don't know if this is damaging for him. Uh, some people are saying that it is. But, uh, but, I mean, who comes away from Brock Lesnar looking good? Anytime, even if it's a competitive match in this regard. Heck, even if you beat Brock, it doesn't always look good. Ask Seth Rollins. But uh, Brock, you know, obviously heading towards WrestleMania to fight Drew McIntyre. So you weren't going to get much of a match from Ricochet. The next match, whew, um, this feud's over, right? Please tell me that it's over between Roman Reigns and King Corbin. This This match was tough because, and I don't know, maybe because they were in Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, I mean, the steel cage match was always like the type of match or when it's Hell in the Cell is your match that like ends the feud. Although I think they've had a couple of, you know, feud ending matches already. But let's have one more 
for a few that's doing nobody any good. And uh, Roman Reigns defeating Baron, or King Corbin in a uh, steel cage match. And um, you, you can definitely uh, skip that one. But um, just, just not a great match. But uh, there you go. And then uh, the next match, you know, not bad. Actually, for the first time, a women's championship being defended in Saudi Arabia. Bailey defeating Naomi. It wasn't bad. I, there's some originality in this match because they had to wear long shirts. And Bailey tying, tying up Naomi in that uh, was kind of cool. And then the ending. So it was one of Bailey's better matches. And, uh, and they, you know, they could have probably benefited from a few more minutes on the card. And then he had one match left, which uh, <clears throat> the main event of the evening lasted three minutes, by the way. So you had, uh, you know, three big moments in this card. You had, uh, you know, The Undertaker coming out, probably wrestling for, what, 20 seconds of that. Uh, Brock Lesnar wrestled for 90 seconds. And Bill Goldberg defeats The Fiend Bray Wyatt in three minutes. Uh, Goldberg starts with a spare. The Fiend kicks out. Goldberg looks shocked. You know, uh, you know, between that and some of the mandible claws, Goldberg gets out of that. A jackhammer. And son of a gun, it is over. Some people saw that coming. I've seen reports that maybe they're leaning that way. Maybe they weren't. But Goldberg is your universal champion once again. So uh, so Bray Wyatt, you know, all this build for the last few months and everything else is uh, no longer your champion. <laughs> this is just... Uh, so bizarre. By the way, the outrage of this online, Macaulay Culkin, who, by the way, was at uh, WrestleMania 7 for, uh, you can see him on the camera doing the Undertaker uh, snooker match. Uh, he tweeted after uh, after Super Showdown in it that uh, I just canceled my tickets to WrestleMania. And uh, he confirmed that. And then <laughs> Goldberg calls him a dork online. So, 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 yeah, so now Bill Goldberg is feeding with Macaulay Culkin. And, uh, you know, and probably bro as well. Right, Matt Riddle? Yeah. Okay, so so why did this happen? This is some of my guessing. Um, okay, if, if you're upset now about Goldberg defeating The Fiend, how upset would you have been if Roman Reigns defeated The Fiend? Because that was going to be the, the, the match possibly at WrestleMania this year. And, you know, people would have crapped all over that. So instead, you're going to get Roman Reigns fighting Bill Goldberg. Well, I'm assuming it'll be set up. We got Elimination Chamber coming up, so we'll find, figure out who's fighting Goldberg. But, but that's probably the reasoning right there, is that if Roman's going to go over and beat somebody, you know, would you rather have him beat Goldberg and give him the rub there, or would you have him be, defeat the Fiend and then you're going to be upset and then complain you're going to cancel your network and then come back and watch the next show? Now I don't know where this leads to the Fiend. The talk is he's going to fight John Cena. At WrestleMania, which um, The Fiend better win this because I think Cena's in that role now. He doesn't need to win all the time. That would be good. It would get him over. It would definitely be a bounce back for him. Uh, the other thing in this is I think the marketability. Yes, I, The Fiend sells a lot of shirts and everything else, but but take take it from a non-casual fan. Take away those who watch you all the time. Yes, cause we, we complain, we, we moan, everything else, but... You know, if you're going to go on ESPN and promote your WrestleMania match, 
And the guy that's been featured on her a lot has been Roman Reigns. But if you're going to feature, you know, Roman's opponent, and it's The Fiend, and you got Bray Wyatt and ESPN, how the heck is that going to get over? People are just going to think it's so weird that it doesn't look good. For since the marketability standpoint, Fiend, I'm sure, sells a lot of merch, you know, to the hardcore wrestling fan. But when you get away from that, and you get the other fans go, what is this stuff? Because sometimes you, you got to explain wrestling to non-watchers, and that's a, that's a tough sell. Love the character. It's a tough sell. So, you know, if ESPN's doing some promoting of, uh, you know, the match, it's easier to have uh, Bill Goldberg on. That's a known entity. You know, people complain, oh, he's not a big star. No, he is a big star. This dude became a monster 20-some years ago. You know, it's a big thing for WCW. And, uh, you know, you got, you got to think, okay, the first time him and Brock fight, not, fought not great. The last match they had was outstanding. It was probably the best match of that WrestleMania. I'm talking in the 30s, not that the one at WrestleMania 20. That was god-awful. But, but it was better. They were motivated. Yes, it was a short match, but the drama in that match was outstanding. So that's why we have what we have. Now, like guys like Ricochet, I don't know what happens to him. I don't know how he bounces back with that. Uh, you know, it'd be nice if he, if he got some sort of run. Maybe he pursues the U.S. title, but he's not even in that discussion right now. I don't know. You know it's a shame because uh, Brock usually works well with smaller guys, and we, we've had those you know great matches with, uh, with Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles and Finn Balor. And I thought, like, oh, yeah, we get a fun match here. Maybe maybe a 10-minute match or whatever else. But, uh, you know, Ricochet punches ticket to Suplex City, and then that was it. So we, we, we shall see what happens, you know, because uh, obviously it's, you know, and we knew it was going to be Drew and Brock at Mania. It's like, like, we know the result for some of these matches, but we want to be entertained. We want, you know, compelling stuff. You know, help us, help us get there. You know, don't, don't. Don't railroad us. So, anyways, that's your look at Super Show. Not look. If you're going to watch the show, don't. But if you really want to watch the show, um, I'm, I'm looking. The best things to watch. Uh, look, you can get it all done in ten minutes. Uh, I mean, if you care about the Undertaker, just you could. It, it took him more time to walk out to the ring than to beat AJ Styles. Uh, you can watch the Lesnar uh, Lesnar Ricochet match. That's that's ninety seconds. And then um, Goldberg and, and The Fiend is, is three minutes, and then if you want to yell at your TV afterwards, you can. But but th- those would be the matches to watch. Maybe, maybe the, the one women's match, um, but nothing else. Just, you know, just do yourself a favor and, uh, yeah, we'll just, you know. That's it. That's your super showdown. Not so super. Very skippable show. Yeah, and I think even the crowd, even, even you know, popping or whatever else, um, yeah, I don't know what the deal is in Saudi Arabia. Maybe they have certain, you know, that's why the Undertaker shows up or whatever else is part of the deal. But like that crowd so we can hear them. They just sounded bored. It didn't help watching this at home because I, I just wanted to skip it while watching it. Ugh, tough stuff. As for opinions on the show, your thoughts, which, by the way, I, th- I thought were great that uh, many of you chimed in on our Facebook page, which is uh, ESPR 99, by the way. Uh, Jeffrey Dietz, which, uh, by the way, Jeffrey, it's always great to hear from you. Says it was pretty to average, decent at best. The tag match was probably the best. Really glad Bailey and Naomi had a great reception with the crowd. Decent match. Clever finish, too. The outcome of Goldberg and Defeat made sense. The match was pretty poor, though, though the Gauntlet match was pretty good. They could have booked some of the eliminations a little bit better. Definitely had a perfect inning 
in my opinion. Uh, by the way, um, he says that, um, and uh, Sean chided in that uh, Sean, Sean will give it a much lower rating, probably putting it in the poor to passable range uh, where I would as well. Uh, I don't know if it's even passable. It looks like two matches, which I guess makes it kind of passable, I guess. I don't know. Um, Mark uh, chimed in, garbage booking just when they build Bray up. Bray, uh, boom, he loses to a 50-plus-year-old part-timer. It's about two minutes of winning him. Extremely disappointing. The WWE can't be trusted with his characters. Uh, one guy says, I don't watch the Saudi shows. I just read the reviews. Yes. Yes, that I, I don't blame you there as well. So just not a lot of positivity in that, uh, but there you go. All right. So coming up on Saturday, AEW Revolution, we will talk about that card. Make the predictions next here on our podcast. And coming up on Saturday, February 29th, AEW Revolution. We'll take a look at the card in just a moment. Comments? Questions? You can always reach out to the Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat crew by emailing them at ESPR at FM99.com. And we're back. AEW Revolution. Happening tomorrow. By the way, uh, if you want to like email, you can always can uh, ESPR at FM99.com. Uh, you can find us on the uh, FM99.com website, 1069thefox.com website, and all your podcast apps, which is great. Uh, back on TuneIn, by the way, we're on SoundCloud and iTunes or wherever you want to listen to us. Appreciate you doing that. And I uh, always love the interaction as well. So we got uh, quite the uh, card for AW Revolution. We'll go through and my thoughts on that and uh, I'll be chiming in some things. And a lot of people are like, oh, this is a great time. We'll all go watch AEW Revolution because the Super Showdown show wasn't that great. Well, if you want to pull, pay full price for the AEW Revolution show, by all means, go ahead. I'm not mean like a bad thing in that, but, you know, people always complain. It's like, okay, well, you got to follow through with this. Show me you're buying the AEW show. And here's the card. Uh, there is a, a pre-show match uh, featuring SoCal Uncensored. That's, and uh, they're taking on the uh, Dark Order. Okay, I am not a fan of the Dark Order. And here's the thing. All, all the stuff that AEW says, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be like a sport. We're going to have this. And then we get, like, the silliness of uh, the Dark Order. I, I I just don't get that. Um, They'll probably win. I, you know, SoCal is censored. They, they should win because I can't take the Dark Order seriously. So uh, SoCal Uncensored uh, should be defeating them in the pre-show. And that, and then uh, the main card, they got uh, seven of that matches announced so far. Uh, Pac taking on Orange Cassidy. And uh, Pac uh, you know, looking pretty good since coming back. And a guy that, um, you know, if he's going to be taken seriously, needs to win this match. So uh, that would should be a fun match to watch. But uh, Pac should, uh, should win that one pretty easily. Uh, also on the card, uh, Darby Allen versus uh, Sammy uh, Guevara. Uh, this should be a fun match, by the way. Please give this time. Please give this match 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, just just let, let Darby do his thing and let Sammy do his thing. I, I think Darby will win the match, but uh, this should be a uh, fun match to check out. Uh, Dustin Rhodes coming back in wrestling, taking on uh, Jake Hager. Uh, you may know him as that Jack Swagger. Um, if, if they're going to make Jack, uh, Jake a thing, uh, Jake needs to win. Uh, Dustin doesn't need to win at this point in his career. Um, but, uh, if we need to take Jake seriously, then we need to do that. Okay. The tag team champions 
Tag Team Champions, uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page taking on the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. This is a tough one. I mean, I'm kind of happy that Kenny's got some gold because Kenny has uh, is not come as promised, I thought, to AEW. I, I just had high expectations, maybe too high from what I've seen, but, I, but I've never been uh, fully impressed with a lot of his stuff. I mean, I thought some of the matches, you know, like with Jericho were fine. You know, that was even before AEW, but I haven't been, like, completely blown away by this. And, and Adam Page is a guy that you know, I had high hopes for, and then they're – you know, when wins and losses matter, it makes everything completely different. You know, and the young bucks don't really get affected by the loss. Um, yeah, I don't know what we do there with that one. So I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, I got to make up my mind. Uh, Omega and Paige, they're going to lose. The young bucks will become the champions because they have yet to uh, be the champions in this match. And, uh, oh, wait, Nyla Rose did win. Oh, crap. we got to go back to that. So the match for the AEW Women's Championship, uh, new champion Nyla Rose taking on Chris Statlander. Uh, Chris Statlander, by the way, was somebody that you saw in uh, in WWE. She uh, worked with uh, Naomi and – or not Naomi. She worked with the Iconics uh, in a tag match. So, uh, But Nyla Rose, uh, new champion for the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, let's, let's, let's be honest here. is not going to lose – this match, uh, just winning the uh, championship, which, by the way, you know, it's interesting, and it's not, you know, nothing to really like point out, but they don't really do anything with with this with her being transgender, because I, I, you know, they just haven't made a part of an angle yet. Maybe that's something they're going to do down the road, but the announcers don't even mention it. But uh, but I do see Nyla uh, retaining in that particular match. Uh, okay, so you got MJF with Wardlow uh, taking on Cody with uh, Arnie Anderson. In this corner, um, this feud has gotten hot. I, I think I think there's still some time to go with this. I think in the initial match, I think MJF is going to win this match. Uh, Cody will get his revenge down the road. MJF needs this win more than anything. Um, but, but he's been one of my favorite performers. So him and like I said, Joey Janela, like some of the guys, have been my favorites. But MJF just most improved uh, last year, and just man, just just been a pleasure to watch. And this should be a fun match. Uh, I'm hoping it doesn't get like too bloody or anything. Hopefully, uh, yeah, they don't get carried away. But uh, but uh, MJF should be winning that match. And then there's one match left on the card, which some would say is the main event of the evening. Chris Jericho, your AEW World Champion, taking on John Moxley. And uh, I, you know, it's weird because well, how many times did we get this match in WWE? You know, we had that ridiculous. Match where they're in the cage, and it was like um, you know the the Ambrose Asylum or whatever the Asylum match, which was just anyway. We don't need to bring that up. I just did, but uh, let's let's just wipe that from memory. Uh, Chris Jericho, I think is still going to retain because I think at some point down the road he's he's going to fight uh, Cody. Now this could be a series of matches. You, you know they get the first singles match, and um, you know you know it's he's still the company's still new. He's been champion for a while, uh, but I, I think the reign will continue and stuff. I mean, unless, you know, they're not going to hot potato the title, but uh, Jericho will retain, is my prediction, against John Moxley. But I, but the, the, the feud doesn't end here. I it's, it's I, think, I think it keeps going. I, I think Jericho squeaks away with the victory. That's not convincing enough that there'll be rematches 
down the road because because if they don't continue this feud, I, feud, I don't know what's next for John Moxley unless he's going to fight Cody, but that doesn't really make any sense because Cody's got the MJF thing going on. That's going to go on for a while. So unless he fights like Jake Hager because uh, you know Hager interferes, but uh, there's there's a lot of stuff going on right there. But I think Jericho will retain his title. So that's a look at AEW Revolution tomorrow, February 29th, 2020. What a fun card with that, by the way. But uh, don't forget the uh, pre-show. You can check out with the uh, the one tag match and who knows uh, if the lad anything else at the last minute. But uh, but chime in with your thoughts on that show as well. Also coming up on Saturday, February 29th is UFC Fight Night, Norfolk, Virginia. We had a chance to talk with Luis Diaz, who's going to be fighting, and uh, you can check out that interview right here. You ready for your big night? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cutting the last few pounds today and tomorrow morning, and then uh, getting ready to go and put on a show for my family. Awesome. Is, you think there's uh talking Louis Penny has got a big fight uh, Saturday night at Chartway Arena for UFC Fight Night. Is there is there any pressure to fight in front of your family or friends? Oh, I can't lie, there is, there is, especially with this fight, you know, um, my last fight in Tampa was the first time my biological father was able to make it out and see me fight, and um, then this time, uh, I actually got to meet my biological, um, my biological little brother Tuesday, so this will be the first time he'll see me fight. All you know, with the whole like added pressure of us having just met. So yeah, there's a little pressure there, but I can't lie, I, I thrive in pressure. I feel like <laughs> pressure makes diamonds. Uh, there you go, there you go. So what? What I know, uh, your family has spent some time here in the military. Uh, do you have you lived in Hampton Roads at one time or another? I so uh, I have at one point. My mom was, uh, or my mom is a uh, master chief in the Navy. Um, she's stationed out in Sacramento, but back in 2013, she was uh, living in the Hampton Roads area. I want to say she was living in Virginia Beach, actually. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I've actually passed our old house uh, a few times on the highway, like going from the hotel up into like Norfolk. So it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I lived here for a good six months um, during that time period, just kind of helping her watch the kids and everything and uh i actually it was really cool for me because i remember a lot of the spots and uh we actually were staying like right where i used to hang out all the time um when i did live here uh, that, that's be pretty cool so uh, w- what did you get in the town I mean, because i'm sure there's a lot of training going on and then um you know so you got the training going on and then like but h- how are you able to focus with everything for saturday's fight I actually, I, I flew in on Monday so that I could get an extra day to kind of like uh, hang out and chill with my dad. Uh, me and my best friend were able to go have dinner at his house Monday night, so that was really cool. Um, but I don't know, I, I don't really feel like any of that stuff gets in the way uh, when it comes to this. I, I'm very, very good at like comp- uh, compartmentalizing all those aspects of my life and all those aspects of, of like the process towards the fight you know what i mean yeah 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 it, it, it makes sense it makes sense but let me, now let me ask you this because you know it was a couple of days ago you're preparing uh preparing for alex munoz and now you got a new opponent named steve garcia so 
does that give Steve an advantage or does it give you an advantage? I mean, how, how does this work out when your opponent changes you in the week of a fight? I don't know. It's an, that's that's an interesting question because um, I can't lie. I have felt a little bit of added pressure from the fact that now I'm fighting a short notice replacement opponent to to kind of go out there and really perform to my best abilities. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to go out there and do what I do. the The biggest difference, though, is um, having to adjust my approach to this fight from fighting a five nine wrestler to a six foot tall brawler. You know, it's kind of completely different than uh, what I was getting ready for. But luckily, um, I, I'm not too adverse to having fought a guy like Steven. I've actually fought a couple guys bef- uh, in my past that were like him, and um, I'm, I'm prepared to uh, to deal with everything he brings to the table. I'm actually kind of more interested to see because being six foot, he's fought at 135 and 145 his entire career. This is his first ever fight at 155, and this is the first time he's ever been the smaller guy in the cage. Wow. I'm six foot. I'm six foot three, and I hold a three inch reach advantage on him. So I'm wondering how he's going to deal with being smaller in the cage when he's used to legit just towering over everybody he fights at 35 and 45. Yeah, is that was that one thing? Like when you put on weight, does like stamina change in that, or does it depend where the weight is? It depends because um, when I get up to about 180, I actually start to feel more lethargic and I don't feel nearly as fluid when uh, when I'm training. Um, But then when I get to around 172, that's like the, the perfect range for me to like really just do everything to flow the way I, I want to, to crack, you know, as hard as I want to. Um, but then getting down to 55, you know, it hurts. But at the same time, um, the 24-hour recovery period helps me get back to 72, get back in that 70 range. So by, the, by fight night, I'll be fine. If I'm a, like, once again, I'm interested to see how he's going to come in because if he's fought at 35, he can't be weighing as – he can't be – nearly as much as weighing nearly as much as i do and i don't think he can get nearly as big as i can after uh, a weigh-in I'm, I'm pretty sure he's probably gonna be coming in closer to 55 which means i'll be at a distinct size advantage on fight night yeah yeah there's a guy new years ago that he was a wrestler and then he would eat like raw cookie dough just to put on, like, the weight afterwards. Like, I mean, none of you guys are doing that stuff, I hope. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's a lot more scientific now. <laughs> yeah, this was, like, 20 years ago. So I'm like, eh, like, is that even healthy? You know, yeah. I don't even know how you could perform after that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because, well, those, those matches are out shorter. Because, you know, if you go a couple of rounds, you know, it's, whew. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A wrestling match is one minute longer than uh, a regular round in MMA. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you mentioned wrestling a couple of times. What, what do you think of, like, certain, uh, you know, fighters uh, wanting to make the transition to, like, the WWE or anything? What, 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 what do you see that? Like, because it's men and women doing that. But what, what, do, you, what do you think about that? Does, is there a lot of talk in the locker rooms or trash talking or – uh, I don't know. There's actually been quite a few. I, I know quite a few guys that have talked about um, making the transition over to professional wrestling. 
there are people, even people that have even talked to me about uh, eventually trying it out. And the thing is, I, I'm a lifelong w- fan of WWE and WCW. Like, I, I'm a lifelong professional wrestling fan. So I, I personally know myself, it's probably never going to be a, a possibility. I'm never going to get big enough to be um, a viable contender. But I think there's quite a few guys um, in the UFC with pers- with the size and personality at like heavyweight and 205 that could legitimately make a, a decent run in the WWE. The thing is, I wonder how it, how hard it would be for someone who goes, and I, I don't mean to say it like they're fake or anything, but someone who goes from a true competitive sport to something where you could be like scripted to lose you know, like against someone that you feel in a real contest you'd wipe the floor with, you know? <laughs> Yeah, there's always that, you know, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, uh, you know, talk that like, oh yeah, Ronda would kill her, but you know, it's 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 a show, it's different, it's a performance, so it's exactly it's the same thing like when Kane recently uh, signed with the WWE and had a couple matches with Brock. It's like we all saw how that went. Yeah, for real. <laughs> That's right. You'd be watching Super Showdown today. It, like starts like in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we do a wrestling podcast here. That, that's like we're actually going to include your interview on the uh, on the uh, podcast. So, oh, dude, that's what's up. That's what's up. So, I, so. Uh, yeah, no, I'm a huge, huge wrestling fan. Um, for those real, real big wrestling heads out there, I was actually taught catch wrestling by uh, the legendary Billy Robinson. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty like cool. One of, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, your boy's a wrestling head. <laughs> That's good. Hey, you you have like I think one of the like, the best nicknames in in, in, in any sport because I, I, I guess it's because of the hair and everything. But they call you like the you know the the violent violent Bob Ross. Yeah, the violent Bob Ross. Thank you. Also, I wanted to call him Jim Ross. I was like, wait, it's not Jim Ross. <laughs> uh yeah, no, that's I know, man. It's it's one of those things where like I never expected that to to turn into what it has. Like never when I first started fighting, I never thought I'd be one of those guys that would be known like a, like Rampage or like GSP, one of those dudes that's known by their nickname. And now it's to the point where like people don't even realize my real name is Leash. It's so <laughs> crazy, but I can't lie, I love it because with the unique nickname, the the unique look I have and aesthetic, people just do not forget me when I when they see me fight, you know, I'm, I'm always being approached out in public by people just cause like, if you see me once, you just don't forget a guy that looks like me. Yeah. Man, think of the merchandise opportunities here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, that's great stuff. Well, good luck on Saturday. I, I, I will be there. So, um, I, I'm awesome, looking forward awesome. to this. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, right, you're welcome. Good luck. And, uh, you know, I guess when you come out and I hear a lot of cheering, I'll know where the family section is, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Um, it could be the entire arena at that point. That's true. That's true. Are, are, where are you going to be billed from? Are you going to be billed from, like, Virginia Beach? Or are you going to be billed? Where, where are no, you usually? Um, I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. But this, for this fight, I actually trained down in South Florida. So I'll be fighting. I'm fighting out of Coconut Creek, uh, Florida, by way of Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. <laughs> Awesome. Well, good luck on Saturday. I'll be cheering you on. Appreciate it, man. You guys have a great day. Thank Thanks, you, you too. So Bye-bye. All right, there you go. Great interview. Love the energy. A uh, hometown favorite, if you will, since he's got a lot of family in this area. Great to talk to uh, Louise. 
And that's it. That's uh, that's it for this episode of Eat Sleep Podcast and Repeat. Uh, don't forget, you can uh, check us out online at uh, ESPR99 on Facebook. And also, uh, you can email us, ESPR at FM99. Let us know what you think, what's going on. You know, would, are we too negative on uh, Super Showdown? You know, is, are the right things happening in AEW? So give us your thoughts. Uh, you can do that as well. And check out some past episodes. We had some interviews with uh, Mick Foley recently. And uh, we'll uh, run a, uh, by the way, we got a classic uh, Drew McIntyre interview. We'll bring that out in uh, a couple of weeks as well. Since uh, Drew's going to be a big part of WrestleMania this year. So until again, until we bring you episode 137 in a week or so, don't forget to eat, sleep, podcast, and repeat. <laughs>